Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the one and only Just Servants. Just Servants. What are we here to do, Ryan? Just serve. We're here to serve, first of all, the Lord. First Praise of all, the Lord. The Lord. And y'all. And y'all. And others. Well, and y'all are others. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's where we're getting at. So what do we got for him today, Ryan? Oh, we have... We have a, a special guest. A very special guest. We have someone who is now a guest lecturer, but at one point was not. He was a resident a lecturer. A resident lecturer. And he himself went to the BI. The BI. For, for two years. And after that, he commuted to not so far place of a country called Hungary. Hungary. Way over in H Europe. Hungary. Yeah. It has a, not hungry, because there's a, a, cool. How would you say and, it? We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and he was there for four years till he met his wonderful wife, as he says. Um, I don't know her myself, but I'm going to take his word that she is wonderful. Um, and he became the director of the Hungry Word of Life Bible Institute. He would soon transmute back to New York. You're so smart, Ryan. After, wow, thanks. Keep I tried. After teaching there on Bible <laughs> and theology, he would soon come back to New York to be director of Word of Life Global, um, what was it? Global Academic Academic Dean Academic Dean yeah. of Word of Life Global Bibles Bibles <laughs> which is around how many was it accredited? Ten, eleven total. Ten, uh, ten, eleven total. Think Moblovers like institutes where he was the academic dean of them, and he also taught hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. He also taught, was that it? Or is it just hermeneutics? World religions. World, World religions. religions. Oh, we're in that class right now. Right now. Oh my goodness. He also Hinduism. taught all these different, these different topics in other countries as well. But recently, he's had the pleasure of moving from Word of Life to Dallas Theological Seminary. Yep. A year and a half ago. Good old Texas. To teach Bible exposition along with hermeneutics. But he still joins us to teach world religion, and we love it. And he teaches Daniel. And he speaks on just servants, but not just servants. You can also find him on Learn the Word, and he is fixing to start a new podcast called Bible and Theology Matters. Bible and Theology Matters. And this guest is none other than the Dr. Paul Weaver. Boom! Okay, so what would you like to say, Mr. Paul? Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. I am usually on the other side of the microphone asking the questions, but looking forward to uh, what questions you guys have for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first thing we, oh, yeah. How would you say hungry or hungary? Hungry. Hungry. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel okay. like an A should be en like enunciated. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so what are some of your hobbies? Well, I... Definitely like to read different biblical and theological books. Yep. Love to teach. But outside of teaching, I love to have students over and play board games. I enjoy oh, yeah. Ticket to Ride. Have you ever played Ticket to Ride? And uh, Settlers of Catan. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, like Settlers of Catan. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. So you can one. ask some students around here that remember me. from. Uh, mm -hmm. they've, mm -hmm. Many of them have been over to play at my house, which used to be down the road. Yep. yep. Awesome. I love board games as well. My brothers are into board games. So... We mentioned your wife. You met your wife four years after working at Hungary, Hungary, you know, <laughs> whoever, whichever one you want to say. And we, I just, we just wanted to know, we have a few people who wanted to know, um, how would you say your wife has helped or how would you say a wife should help 
uh, her husband and ministry and how they should go among that. Yeah. So as you mentioned, for four years, I was a missionary in the country of Hungary without uh, being married <laughs> as a single guy. And uh, the Lord said, I've been patient long enough and what provide me with a wonderful helpmate and my wife, who's also from my hometown, Columbus, Indiana. Uh, to get, we were nine years serving together in Hungary before we had any children. So during those nine years, my wife and I, my wife was our admissions director. So mm. she really, uh, we worked every single day together. I was her boss in that regard, but uh, it was just a pleasure to go in together and serve together. Uh, she mentored students. Um, she led a Bible study. And when we transitioned back to the United States to serve as the uh, serve in the academics with the Global Bible Institute. Um, we had our first child. So uh, she, the child was just, Caroline was only about a year old when we moved back. So uh, it was a big transition from serving every day together, you know, 40 hours a week uh, and more to her being a stay-at-home mom, but also continuing to disciple students here at the Word of Life Bible Institute. And having, uh, she has a great hospitality ministry. She's mm -hmm. great at that. So we would joke, you know, she would make the food and I'd do the talking. So, <laughs> so that was our, you know, yep. she was more of an introvert. So, so uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed conversation and have students over. And so that was kind of our, our deal. Now you mentioned you met your wife, but you never told us in class how you met your wife. Like you just said you met her, but how did you meet her? <laughs> so my wife is from my home church. Uh, so Ooh. in Columbus, Indiana. So yep. Yep. Uh, those first four years as a single missionary, every summer I'd return back to the States because I was not at full support. So I would mm. uh, go and teach from September till May. And then June, July, and August, I, I'd return to the States to raise additional support for the next year. And while I was back home on furlough or when I was in the States on furlough, um, we started dating. And uh, the rest, rest is history. Oh, we got engaged on mm. Castle Hill in Hungary. So that's Ooh. an exciting vacation. Not many people have uh, had that experience. How did you propose? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, you kind of have to picture Budapest. It's two cities, Buda on one side, Pest on the other. Uh, Budapest, if you want to pronounce it the Hungarian way. Budapest, if you want to sound like an American. <laughs> But uh, uh, Budapest, the Danube River goes right down the middle of Budapest. And the old city is up on Castle Hill overlooking the Danube River. And so I, um, we had a coffee up on Castle Hill. We took a vinicular that goes up the side of the mountain. Uh, we had coffee there. Then we went to Hilton Hotel. It has a restaurant in it. And we sat across uh, at a, look, a table that looked out over the Danube River, river is beautiful with the parliament building on the other side of the river. And of course, it opened up, I think, a half hour early for us because no one else was there. It was just my wife-to-be and I. And so, of course, I had them bring out some flowers and got down on my knee. Mm. And uh, uh, the rest is history. rest is history. You heard it from the man himself. How would you say Hungarian coffee is? I've heard it's, it's a lot better than, <laughs> than American coffee, at least. Depends on, do you like strong coffee? I hate coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't hate it. I'm just, it's one of those things that I haven't really got into yet. I know yeah. I will as I get older. What episode is that? Drew Burtis. Episode is, six? Seven? Seven, seven? Six, eight, seven. Something like that. Drew Burtis brings his coffee. It was good. But I've heard. Episode hung, seven. I've yeah. heard Hungarian coffee is really 
pretty good. Yeah. So it's kind of like Turkish coffee in that it's really strong. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they would say ours is watered down, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of times it's looks like a shot of coffee. Uh, we would think of mm. uh, Hungarian coffee, but they talk about Americano coffee, you know, it's or American coffee is much uh, more watered down what we're used to sipping. Yeah. Uh, whereas the coffee for them is really like three drinks mm. a while and it's done. So how would you explain your time in Hungary? Like, how did you get there? And like, what, what was your role? What, what did you do? What was your initiative to go there? Yep. What? Yeah. So when I was in college, the Lord really put on my heart desire to teach and preach God's word. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if that would be in a local church, if it'd be a Bible college, if it'd be overseas as a missionary. I just knew that God had put on my heart the desire to teach, to study, to preach and teach God's word. And I reached out to my pastor and well, first of all, I, God put on my heart through a missions conference uh, that I needed to go overseas and try it, to experience mm -hmm. it. I'd never been. And the Lord really put on my heart, if you want how do you know if I want you to serve overseas if you've never been? So that missions conference while in college, I made the commitment to spend a few weeks overseas and uh, discern, you know, more of a vision casting trip to see if the mm -hmm. Lord was leading me overseas. And so I reached out to my pastor. I said, I don't know if this you do this kind of thing, but um, I'm not really interested in going on a work team or various things, really just wanting to discern if the Lord's leading me overseas. And he said, well, that's the best kind of missions trip. And he said, there's a great Bible Institute in the country of Hungary with Word of Life. I know you studied at Word of Life. If you're interested in uh, the ministry of Word of Life, it's a school that our church helped to, st to support, to send a missionary out to start the school. And if you're interested, we would get behind you financially and certainly fully supporting you uh, spiritually and through prayers. And so I uh, made a trip between college and seminary. So after two mm -hmm. years at Bible Institute, Word of Life, went on to Appalachian Bible College. ABC. <laughs> you know ABC? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out for ABC there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Whenever we go on these winter retreats, our church does, ah. the youth group, and ABC lets us stay on their campus ah, whenever. The lodge? Yep. Mm -hmm. They give us uh -huh. meals, everything. Okay, yep. nice. Fun time. So you guys are from the same church? Yep. Oh, North Carolina. We're from oh, the same. Okay. Faith Church, baby. We're... <laughs> 19 years, ex step cousins, two times removed. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that on another episode. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. It's strange down there in Carolina. <laughs> it is. Our first picture is two months. Two months old together. Oh, really? We've yeah. been best friends since. Nice. Sat happily. Well, that's good. We always get stuck together. <laughs> always. All right. So we went. So I spent three weeks in the country of Hungary with Word of Life Bible Institute. The, uh, Went out, I got to sit in classes there, see how they did things there, got to go out with the ministry teams, got to get to know the leadership and, and just loved what they're doing. Mm -hmm. The Bible Institute, again, I mentioned to you guys, when I was there, the last year I was there, we had students from 17 different countries. And yeah, uh, just yeah. a real beautiful picture of God's church made up of all different types of people, nationalities, ethnicity, uh, languages, and the unity we have in the body of Christ. And so just... Loved what they're doing, and I said, Lord willing, and I, uh, they sat me down and asked me to pray about joining their team. They must have been really desperate. Only three weeks into it, they said, we'd like to have you join our team if you're interested. And I said, what would be the next step? And they said, well, we'd love to see you go on to Dallas Theological Seminary uh, to study. 
and then come back and teach yeah. with us. So that's how it happened. Yeah. So you said the body of Christ. Who is Christ? And what, what did Christ do? Because I heard, I've heard Jesus done something for me and for everyone in this world. What did he do? Well, this morning in class, I quoted from Second Corinthians. I love the passage that says, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us mm -hmm. so that we might receive Christ's righteousness. So Jesus Christ um, paid the penalty for our sins. Uh, he was perfect. He left the place of perfection and constant communication and community with God the Father. God the Holy Spirit entered into time and space to, to live a perfect life and to pay the penalty for our sins so we can receive Christ's righteousness by faith, trust in Jesus Christ. And so thankful that he did that and made a way that we could have peace with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, you taught at Hungary. Did you teach in Hungarian? We, good question. Uh, we, we actually, the Bible Institute is in English and Hungarian. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So as you might imagine that the population there's 10 million, I think last time I checked. And so it's a small, and the Christian population's around 2%, mm. even fewer that wow. would be interested in our, you know, our understanding of yeah. Protestant evangelicalism. Yeah. And so, uh, you couldn't really manage a Bible Institute on the small population of Hungarians. So from the very beginning, we, the goal was always to uh, train that whole region of former communist bloc countries. So Czechs, Slovaks, mm -hmm. Romanians, Hungarians, Ukrainians, uh, Serbians. And so we taught in English to, to train not just Hungarians, but all those people from that whole region of the world. How long did it take to learn Hungarian? Uh, they say Hungarian is going to be the language spoken in heaven because it takes an oh. eternity to learn it. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. <laughs> was it, who was it that learned it in a year? There was someone. Um, are you talking oh, about man. Dan Bubar? Yes. Bu yes. Drew, Drew, yep. told yep. Drew Bubar is our, our RA. RA. So yeah. then, yep. That would be his uncle. Yep. Dan Bubar uh, passed away while he was in Hungary mm -hmm. as a missionary. Mm -hmm. And there's a. He was in a car accident, and there's a building still in honor of actually the classroom where we teach the Bible at the Bible Institute is named in honor of him. Now, I heard he was a very, like he yeah. had it. Yeah. He yeah. Was, now, transitioning, how, how, would you, how would you advise someone to get into teaching for those who would want to teach or be into a pastoral role or even just like a professor role in general? How would you advise that? Well, first of all, I would just make sure I'd encourage them to examine their own heart and make yeah. sure that they're in it for the right reasons. Right. I appreciate what you guys are doing here and how you're emphasizing it's not about you guys. You want the gospel to be presented and clear. Um, you know, sometimes teaching can be prestigious, right? Mm -hmm. You see someone up front and, and, and it's, so we have to, first of all, make sure that our passion is to see people understand the word of God. And so that's where I'd start is, has God put on your heart? Is that what brings you great joy to study his word and communicate it to others? And if so, then it's a very honorable ambition. Paul tells Timothy mm -hmm. to seek the leadership of an, of an elder in that case is an honorable ambition, but it's not honorable if it's selfish, if the mm -hmm. goal is to, to be highly esteemed. So um, I think it takes training, you know, you need to devote yourself to 
a call to ministry is a call to preparation. So um, I would certainly encourage them to get a degree in biblical studies and work on a master's degree as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to start. But I'd say overseas, you can you can be teaching day one after graduation if you're willing mm. to leave the United right. States. There's yep. places I could place you right now that would love to have uh, your help teaching if you're willing to leave the United States. Mm-hmm. Most right. people aren't. So with that transitions, like how would you say, how what tips would you give to people making transitions in their ministry? Like how you transition from Word of Life to Hungry to Word of Life to... From Hungry to Dallas to Word of Life to... to, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Back to Word of Life to Dallas again. So I have to say my... I have an amazing wife. Not every Mm -hmm. wife can do that. She's traveled the other side of the world and back with me. So we we have never lived close to our home, right? So we moved over to Hungary. Obviously, that's a long distance away from Columbus, Indiana. Mm-hmm. When we moved from Hungary back to the United States, is to upstate New York, which is 14, 13 hour drive from Indiana. That's us. And then, <laughs> and then from New York down to Texas, which again is about an hour longer from Indiana. So, mm. uh, as far as transitions, I would say always end well. I'm thankful that my transition from Hungary to New York and from New York to Texas um, all was very good. And and I love all the people here at the Word of Life Bible Institute. We gave our 18 years of our lives to Word of Life, and we did, never actually thought we were going to leave. And so we took, the, we're very serious and prayerful about the whole experience. Um, and we want to discern that it is indeed the Lord's will, uh, because again, we love what we're doing here with Word of Life. So transition well, do your very best to keep your heart in the ministry that you're at at the mm-hmm. time to the very end. And then uh, it's Christian community is a small, small world. So we're going to have opportunities to serve again together. So you want to make sure that you leave in good terms. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad they invite me back here. I get to teach you guys. And oh, yeah. teach oh, yeah. Awesome. We love to hear you. Yep. So, and then to Texas. So again, 18 years with Word of Life. So transitioning in Texas was the biggest transition for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, even from coming back hungry to New York, um, mm-hmm. leaving a ministry, um, going far away. Yeah. Um, but have a wife that's totally on board mm-hmm. and children that, uh, that also um, were, although very young, are, are supportive. So mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Dr. Paul Weaver, Thank you very much for your time. Very much. Thank you for your insight. Any final tips that you would have for our listeners? Well, um, just in life, you know, yep. devote your devote your life to knowing God and making Him known. Um, I I think of an illustration of a um, of a, actually a debate I heard between an atheist and a theist, uh, and the atheist said the best thing you can do because life is, has no meaning, is to make up a meaning for yourself. And as I listened mm. to that advice from an atheist, um, which that's pretty um, sad, right? That you have to make up some meaning mm-hmm. because life, you can't live life without meaning. But I realized as I was listening to that, that many Christians are functional atheists. Mm. God has given us a purpose to know him, to make him known. And instead we make up a purpose for ourselves. So my encouragement was, is to 
pursue God and, and pursue what God has made you to do, which is to know him, to make him known, whether that's full-time vocational work or whether that's serving as a businessman and making Christ known to others, whatever, wherever the Lord leads you, make sure that your, your purpose is to know him, to make him known to others. Well, sweet. Amen. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Much love. And Peace we'll out. See y'all next time.